Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect the things that make you you. So whether you listen to music on a vinyl record player or prefer to riff on your electric guitar, design your own renter's policy with the American Family Insurance renter's tool today. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Help your four-year-old find joy in learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Digital Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for each and every one of you, 24-7, 365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just visit www.xzbn.net. Wow. Uh, before we get to our first guest, uh, I've got a bit of a public announcement here for you guys. This is from uh, the producers of the Digital Broadcast Network. They are looking for psychics, mediums, channelers, dowsers, and any other practitioner of the arts of divination for a brand new TV series. Now, this casting call is available to everyone in the United States, Canada, Europe, and Australia. If you're interested in, uh, in you know, sending the resume your CV, your headshot, and if you'd like to be part of the show, just go to www.digitalbroadcastnetwork.ca. My guest this hour, Exonation, is David Godsword. He lives in Florida in the shadow of the Lake Worth Muck Monster, but was raised in the haunted hills of Hayreville, Massachusetts, home of Rob Zombie, axe murderess Hannah D- uh, Dustin, 
and a disturbingly large number of horror writers. Must be something in the water. Hmm. Authors of 14 books. That's my theory. <laughs> author of 14 books on various non-topics ranging from the New England fringe archaeology to film histories. Uh, his next publication will include H.P. Lovercraft in Florida bold, by Bold Venture Press. Horror Guide to Southern New England by Postmortem Press. Everybody's dying to be a publisher with them. And, um, and Sun and Sand and Sea Serpents, A History of Florida Sea Monster Sightings. He occasionally can be seen on past episodes of the Travel Channel, Channel Show's Mysteries at the Museum and Mysteries at the Monument. His website, goudsword.com. And Dave, welcome to the X-Zone. It's my pleasure. So tell me, how did you get involved with the weird, the wacky, the wonderful, and the things that you and I talk about on a daily basis? Well, I'm starting to develop a theory that it, it's just instinctual for some people. Mm -hmm. And the, the easiest way I can tell you how is that I was in college, and I was in history, and I ended up interning at an advertising company of all places. Because, of course, when you think history, that's the first place you think. Oh, of course, yes. And we had a client who is an archaeologist site called America Stonehenge, which mm -hmm. is a pre-Columbian ruins. Now, isn't that, isn't, that Dennis, first... isn't that Dennis Stone? No, not... Yes, it is. Yeah, Dennis Stone, yeah. We've had that's him on the show. It, yep. Yeah. Yep, his, uh, I worked with his father. In fact, I ended up managing it because our first recommendation for the ad agency was to fire his manager, and mm -hmm. uh, mid-season, the only one who could take over was me, and that's how it began. Wow. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of having Dennis on the show a number of times. Very interesting, and you know, to, to talk about that site, put it in the perspective of present-day history, doesn't make sense. That's because historians are so honest with us, right? Right, guys? Because we all know that Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. There's no such thing as Vikings, right? Okay. Well, if you live in Florida, we even laugh at the Vikings a little bit. But then again, it's Florida. We laugh at pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, but you're talking about the football team, right? I didn't specify. <laughs> okay, so tell us about your latest book. Uh, my latest book is... The next book in an ongoing series, it's mm -hmm. called Horror Guide to Northern New England. Um, we've already done Massachusetts, we've done Florida, and uh, it's it's basically an interesting mix of things. It, uh, it's a potpourri, except I really don't like the word. Um, it's got grave sites, for instance, of various authors mm -hmm. and horror actors. Um, where various horror movies that were shot in northern New England were actually shot. You can visit the site where they filmed X scene. And fictional settings of the various stories and novels. Obviously, you say fiction in northern New England, you say Stephen King, but oh, yeah. there's so much more. Well, Steve, and then the stuff mm -hmm. that I just consider fun, um, where Aleister Crowley took a vacation, um, where... H.H. Holmes, the first accredited serial killer in the United States, was born. You know, a little cryptozoology, a little folklore, a little right. paranormal. Just a, just a, just an odd mix geared toward horror fans or horror writers, maybe looking for a little inspiration in the offbeat. Let me get your theory on something. Why do you think the the genre of horror is still so popular here in the year of uh, 2018? Well, 
I think it's partially because it's escapism. Mm -hmm. Um, You walk down the street, you worry about getting shot, you worry about getting mugged, you worry about getting hit by a drunk driver. You don't worry so much about a vampire or a werewolf or a guy in a hockey mask. Well, maybe with a guy in a hockey mask, but that's more (laughs) of a Florida thing. Um, So it's a chance to be comfortable, surrounded by safe environments, and still be frightened and be able to say, okay, snap right out of it. It's safe again. So it's sort of a the escapism there. Plus, there's a lot of really good writing, particularly nowadays, in horror. Um, Back in the 70s, where you could walk into a drugstore and find 40 or 50 cookie-cutter stories, that Mm -hmm. stuff wasn't that good. But nowadays, it it is literature. And I I hate to use the word because it's actually more of a turnoff to some people, but you can go... And you can find material that's being put out right now that is winning awards. Um, the one that leaps to mind immediately is J.W. Oker, who's in northern New England, so it fits nicely, sure. who just won a, um, an Edgar Award from the Mystery Writers for his biographical look at Edgar Allan Poe. Fascinating. So there, there's some good stuff right now. You yourself, do you go out and uh, do investigations of the paranormal? I am more of a sideline supporter. Um, okay. I, I did the archaeology thing at Mystery Hill because I, I, I was running it. I kind of had no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've done some field work in regard to some of these books, uh, Sea Serpents in particular. I'm, I'm traveling all over the silly state trying to find some of these more obscure cases. But in terms of actual encounters or looking, or looking for trouble, as I call it, yes. um, I've only had one, and that was at um, America Stonehenge, and it was on a Halloween when we would patrol the property to protect it from people going up to watch the witches do their ceremonies, quote-unquote, which they weren't coming, but (laughs) these drunks were still popping up, and we actually had earthquake lights spotted up at the top of the hill. But that's as close as I've come to actual field work where I had results. What are, what are uh, maybe for our listeners who may not know what earthquake lights are, could you describe them? Okay, yeah. Um, probably a little background. Mystery Hill is built on a, an old fault line. That's one of the reasons why it was picked. You, mm-hmm. could, you can pry into it to build your stone structures. You can pry up slabs much easier because there's already a carving on it. And there is a fault line that has a lot of quartz in it, and the quartz builds up electricity during these tiny little tremors, which happen all the time, and it releases piezoelectric energy, which basically is a great big ball of white light that then just flies down the hill and dissipates and scares the heck out of you when it's midnight on Halloween in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I guess it would. Is 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 that what they call ball lightning? Um, I think ball lightning is a specific phenomena it, it basically it looks like ball lightning okay. but um i i honestly hope i never have to be able to compare them in person well i'll keep my fingers crossed for you yeah <laughs> listen you and i have got to take our first break please stand by exonation nation our guest this hour is david godsward goodsward godsward there see I, I just did that for everyone else who might say okay 
You got the name right the first time. Right. I think it's just lucky. We get it. We get it right all the time. There you go. www.godsword.com is the website. And Dave and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to uh, get the lineup of the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And if you'd like to um, try out for one of the many spots they have on a new TV series that is looking for psychics, channelers, mediums, dowsers, and other practitioners of the divination arts of the paranormal, visit www.digitalbroadcastnetwork.ca. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Zone, sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. 
That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. David Goudsward is our special guest this hour. His website is goudsward.com. That's G-O-U-D-S-W-A-R-D.com. Ever have one of those days where the brain wants to do one thing and the tongue does the exact opposite? It's got That's to how be... I got married. <laughs> we must be related. Uh, Dave, during, uh, you know, where, in your opinion, is the most haunted place in New England? Oh, New England loves their haunts. I mean, just sometime if you're bored, Google ghost hunters and look how many of them are all located in New England. In terms of the most haunted, I think possibly, and I'm not sure if it qualifies as a haunted spot or just a paranormal hotspot, is the Bennington Triangle, hmm. which is this odd little spot outside of, cleverly enough, Bennington, Vermont, where... It's an old piece of a gore, which is a property line that doesn't exist. When they did the original surveys, they would overlap and they'd miss little pieces. So it's a non-existent piece of property that's had Bigfoot sightings. It's had UFO sightings. It's had missing persons. It's had all factory manifestations. You name it, they've had it in that little stretch of land there. Any ideas why? Have any of the researchers who've gone there to investigate the different phenomena, including Bigfoot and UFOs, have they come up with any theories? I think Joseph Citro is the one who coined it, and I think he's come up with the best theory. And, of course, it's, it's almost an archetype in New England, which is its cursed Indian burial ground. Hmm. Um, the Indians in New England didn't have the type of depre, didn't have the type of problems Mau, mau, mau. Now, apparently, you're doing it to me. Um, <laughs> Mind but, um, they over didn't matter. Have the type of problems. Oh, it must be nice to be able to speak clearly on a normal basis. I'll let you know if but I ever find out. Yeah. <laughs> please do. <laughs> but the Indians did not have as bad of a deal compared to, let's say, the Apaches, who got you know, slaughtered and then shipped to Florida and then shipped yeah. out to the reservations. And But New England still has a couple of hot spots where, you know, they were bad spots that the Indians avoided. And um, I guess Joe Citro thinks this is one of those. Um, that was a lot of stuttering and stammering to get not very far, wasn't it's, it? It's okay. We got there. That's the main thing. We got there. We got there. Why do you think that there's so many people who are still reading the books, and I, I'm happy for you they are, when it comes to the paranormal in that part of the United States when, correct me if I'm wrong, there have not been any first-hand sightings of these things. Uh, that's, that's a hard one to call in terms of what constitutes a first-hand sighting. Is the Lake Champlain monster sighting considered first-hand? 
some of the photos are pretty promising. There's a pretty strong element of historical sighting and reliable witnesses, but what counts says firsthand. In terms of New England, ghosts are a time-honored tradition. I mean, the Puritans were absolutely terrified of anything supernatural. Um, Indians, earthquakes, eclipses. Their shadows. Uh, odd animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were pretty much anything. And what would happen is anybody who wasn't a Quaker didn't like the Puritans. Well, Puritans, Quakers were getting burned at the stake, so they were particularly not fond of the Puritans. But any of the other settlers mm -hmm. who weren't the Puritans of Boston, uh, the Pilgrims, for instance, were not Puritans. Um, they really enjoyed watching the Puritans get theirs. So a comet at night would absolutely cause weeks of fasting and prayer. Uh, an earthquake would just absolutely send them into a, a panic. So, so I think supernatural mm -hmm. became part of the environment simply because it was a way to counteract the Puritan uppityness. It almost sounds as if the Puritans and the Quakers were the first Republicans and Democrats. Well, the, the Puritans did a pretty good job of making everybody else unhappy. Um, they, were, they were burning the, the Quakers. They oh, drove the pilgrims pretty much into non-existence. And you, I almost single-handedly say that the Puritans were responsible for the French and Indian Wars that went up and down the coast. And if they had just followed the treaty and behaved themselves, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have had any of that nonsense. You know, you live in Florida now, and uh, I love Florida. I've got many good friends there, including Larry Lawson, who is a uh, who is a former police detective with the uh, Felsmere Police Department up there, and our one of our affiliates, uh, Talk Star Radio, was in Titusville. Uh, but I've never heard of the Lake Worth Muck Monster. What is that? That's what happens when you spend way too much time looking at sea monsters in Florida. <laughs> The, the, you said Titusville, and my mind went immediately to, oh, there was a monster in the 1840s in the Titusville area of the Indian River. So it, it becomes an obsession after wow. a while. Uh, Lake Work Musk, Muck Monster is an oddball one, even by my liberal standards of odd, because it's actually two separate critters. Um, the second critter you see on some of those television shows that like to pretend they're historical dramas, and it turned out to be just be a, um, a manatee that had had its tail mangled Ooh. by a propeller, so it actually had a trident on the tail. And because nobody recognized a three-pronged tail, obviously it's a sea monster. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the first one, they don't know what it was. They never got a good look at it. It was moving around. Uh, the Lake Worth is actually uh, brackish water. It's, cause it, it's now an intercoastal shield. So you have a lot of churning from boats, and on the shoreline, they saw something moving under the water. Uh, serpentine, but awfully shallow water for it to be, for instance, an oarfish, and awfully far from shore for it to be a snake or an alligator. How about a so bat? naturally, you just give it a name, Muck Monster. It was in the muck. Uh, you know, with all the new technology that we have at our... 
our fingertips these days, I'm surprised that there's not more evidence coming forth to substantiate a lot of the claims of the paranormal, whether it's Bigfoot, UFOs, um, lake or sea monsters. What's your take on that? I think just based on my historical looks at some of the various sea serpents mm-hmm. that you see, and there's one, uh, in fact, there was just a recent carcass that came up on um, Georgia beaches, which is probably somehow related to the legend of the Altumaha, which is Gary and Georgia all the way up into North Carolina and then down into Florida. If we had had that equipment 100 years ago, we wouldn't be having this discussion. But since then, you've had sonar, you have high noise coming out of the ocean. It's driving the animals away, if not killing them outright. So could there be sea serpents? Heck, yeah, the... Gloucester sea serpent sounds an awful lot like the Jacksonville Harbor sea serpent, which either means a very large range or a very definite migratory pattern. But nobody's seen either one in in 50, 60, 70 years. And that's when you're seeing the steamboats going up and down the coast with the noise and the smoke and the nonsense. You're seeing the cruise ships with all the garbage they dump under the water. You've got the submarines. You've got they may not exist anymore. They, we may have killed off an endangered species without even knowing it was a species. And I think the same thing might be happening with the, the Sasquatch and the Bigfoot. People are seeing them, but you're not seeing the numbers you used to, and you're starting to see them in different places. There's starting to be a lot of Bigfoot sightings up in Maine where they're not doing the development into the woods because it's all paper forest where they cut down the trees to make the the pulp, and then they let them regrow. So there's a lot of woodland up there. You're seeing it not so much anymore on the West Coast. And I haven't heard a Florida skunk ape sighting in 10 years. That that is strange. It may be that we we have the equipment, but we don't have the species. Yeah, I, I I watched a documentary a couple of weeks ago on Champ, the Lake Champlain monster and they 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 believe based on the fish that they were catching that it could have been a giant sized sturgeon in the lake i i don't have a problem with that per se except mm-hmm. that if you look at like the mancy photo that's got a very decidedly serpentine neck to it so if it's a sturgeon, then the mancy photo is wrong and if the mancy photo is actually a cryptid then it can't be a sturgeon so where do you place Occam's razor? In safe hands, where you usually put it. <laughs> um, so I, 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 like, I like the Lake Champlain monster, and I find differences between it and Loch Ness. I have fallen into Loch Ness, by the way, just as an aside. I'm not proud of it. and There are nights I still wake up cold, but Loch Ness... <laughs> is deep, very, very deep. And very, very cold. Anything that dies is going to go to the bottom, and it's Mm -hmm. not going to, it's going to decompose down there. It's not going to bloat and float to the surface because it's too cold for the the, uh, decomposition to be fast enough to create the gas. I'm not sure if Lake Champlain has that type of depth. Well, you never know. It is in the Adirondacks, doesn't it? Yeah. Stand by. You and I have to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, David... Goudsward is our special guest this hour. His website is www.goudsward.com. 
G-O-U-D-S-W-A-R-D.com. That's G-O-U-D-S-W-A-R-D.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com.
Exo Nation, my guest this hour, David Godsword. His uh, website is godsword.com. Um, it, it's no secret that in today's society, the paranormal is big business, especially for bars, bed and breakfasts, places where people have apparently been murdered and, and so on and so forth. How much of the tourism industry, based on your research for the books that you've written, is actually based on the tourist effect? Well, I, I think the, the answer to that is in three words, Lizzie Bordenhouse. Mm. Um, they have done so well with the B&B in the Lizzie Borden house that they bought Lizzie Borden's later house. So they actually own the two houses Lizzie Borden owned. So the, you're right, there's definitely some gold in them Dar hills. But you, I think there's a definite place for it, and I think you're, you're right on the mark in terms of tourism is sort of not letting us forget that these places are there. The average person on the street is going to say, ooh, I don't want to stay there. Somebody died there. Somebody was dismembered in the bathroom. I'm not going to take a shower in there. And yet you got your horror fans, and they're going to go, oh, really? <laughs> Sign me up for the weekend. So it, it's, I, I don't know how good the money is. Um, using the example of Loch Ness again, I, I know of at least four official Loch Ness monster museums that have come and gone in just the last 10 years. So I don't know if that's entirely economic or other factors involved, but yeah, there's money, but how reliable is it? Why do you think uh, a lot of the ghost apparitions and, and sightings occur in a pub or after somebody leaves a pub? Without making the obvious reference to what they drank in the pub? Well, a you pub is a public. Obviously, you're going to get that as the, 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 the pat answer for anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts. Sure. Now, what is a pub? It is a pub gathering place, which means you've got a lot of people, you've got a lot of energy flowing around. Mm -hmm. And if, what does a ghost do? I mean, what does a ghost need? What does a ghost want? If you could figure that part out, maybe there's, they need an energy supply. And all these people with their inhibitions a little bit released because of the alcohol, maybe they're just projecting more of a, some sort of energy or emotion that these spirits need to manifest. The other place you see them is in the graveyards. What's the graveyard? It's a place where people congregate with strong emotions. Yeah, but you think in a graveyard, the emotions, the energy from the emotions would dissipate after a while. You know, like there's not yeah. a... There's not funerals every day in a lot of the uh, graveyards where the hauntings are purported to have happened. Yeah, but and, I, can, I can go into, for instance, up in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I can go into a cemetery that hasn't had a burial in it since um, the Civil War. And people still go in there. They're looking for relatives. They're planting flowers. I don't know why you plant flowers on a colonial grave. It's not like they care. <laughs> um but that's me. But the other thing in New England particularly is the old cemeteries are near the new ones. The mm. first cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts, is the Pentucket Burial Ground. It is actually 
accessible through the largest cemetery currently in use in that town, which is the Linwood Cemetery. So, you know, it may be a giant magnet or it may be a giant battery, I guess. You know, I can fully appreciate the hypothesis where you and I were talking that ghosts hang around in pubs because that's where a lot of people is and possibly for energy. And we talked about the graveyards. But do you know there has been very little work done on haunted morgues or haunted funeral homes? Now, would that not apply to the same quest for energy by a spirit if that hypothesis was real? It's an interesting question. I know of one haunted morgue. Does that count? Yep. That's, that's Key West. The old Captain Tony's saloon where Hemingway drank was actually the original county morgue, and there are headstones on the floor, buried in, embedded in the floor and in the walls. And there is a tree in the middle of the bar because it grew there. Fascinating. So does the tree, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun place. But, you know, then again, I'm saying a place with gravestones is a fun place. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Yeah, I guess so. To you, what but is it? It is supposedly haunted. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Have you ever seen a UFO? I may, I may have accidentally created the rumor of a ghost, but I have not actually seen one. How about a UFO or Bigfoot? No, I, I do not do woods, first of all. Okay. Um, a couple of trips up into Mystery Hill at night was more than enough to get any interest in going out looking for trouble out of my system. Why is that? Um, I don't have I don't have a problem with any of these. Uh, well, let's put it this way: my idea of roughing it these days is there's no Wi-Fi at the bed and breakfast. My wife's idea of roughing it is four stars. Yeah, your wife and I would get along famously. Sold. Yeah, you might want to clear it with my wife, who is looking currently for a haunted cruise ship because she feels a need for a cruise. Uh well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> How about taking her to Los Angeles to the uh, QE2? You know, we haven't been to Los Angeles in years. We may. Have. I hang out at the uh, La Brea Tar Pits. It's not haunted, but I just love the place. The QE2 would be a good, good place to start. I know that's got some stories attached to her. And if you go there, look up Richard Sennett. He is one of the best uh, re paranormal researchers, and he has done extensive research on the QE2. We've had him on the show, gosh, I, over the past 28 years, at least once a year. Once a year. A great guy. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating field. It really is. And... What I think I enjoy most about it is we can sit here and come up with a theory that has absolutely no plausibility, and okay, that one fell through, go right to the next one. Yeah, exactly. People don't, people don't understand that's how it's supposed to work. But when no. you look at, when you look, look, you go out, you do research, as an author should, and as an author who does that due diligence and actually goes to these places, whether it's in the middle of the night, in the middle of the woods, wherever. I respect that. But there are so oh, many... There so isn't an... I'm oh, sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I, I, I was going to say... that goes off on edges. 
yeah, you and my wife would get along great. Um, the, the uh, you know, with the internet these days, people just do research on the internet, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's fact, whether it's fiction, and they write a book. Yeah. How do you, as as a as a bona fide author, how do you look upon these kind of people who write these kind of books? There is a very good chance that if I were to turn around in this chair, close my eyes, and walk forward, if I didn't kill myself, I would put my hands on a pile of cryptozoology books Mm -hmm. that all suffer from what I refer to as the Bermuda Triangle Syndrome. And I think that's kind of what your, your point being. When Charles Berlitz wrote the first big Bermuda Triangle book back in 76, maybe, it was a bestseller, and they immediately started putting out other books, um, The Devil's Sea, The Devil's Triangle, et cetera, et cetera. And what they would do is, in these pre-internet days, they would take the book of the last book that came out, and they would copy the story, and they would change the details. They change the name of the ship or they change the speed of it or the circumstances of the weather. Just enough that if somebody read the two books next to each other, there wouldn't be plagiarism issues. And then the next guy would do this. And then the next guy. By the time Charles Berlitz put out his last Bermuda Triangle book, he was telling the exact same stories, except at this point they had changed so much through the retelling and retelling and retelling, that even he didn't recognize them. Well, that's pretty bad. And that's kind of what's happening with people in the Internet. I can go, if I went on the Internet and told you there was a sea serpent sighting such and such here, 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 it'll be in books, in plural, in a year. And they'll have changed the specifics. They'll have changed the location. They'll have changed the date. They'll have changed something just to make it their own. And I've spent more time on this Sea Serpent book Mm -hmm. wading through to the original source material than I have actually doing anything else. I've got a Sea Serpent attack, quote-unquote, off the coast of Key West that if you go back to the original source, it took place in South America. But somewhere along the line, somebody tied it into a ship that had traveled down to Key West and then down to South America, had the encounter and then went back, and he just skipped the part in the middle. So now it's a Key West sea serpent sighting. Talk about raw editing. Dave, you and I have to take our... Bermuda Triangle Syndrome. Well, let's talk more about the Bermuda Triangle when we come back from this commercial break. Exxon Nation, David Goudsward is our special guest this hour, www.goudsward.com, and... uh, this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 p.m., 2 a.m. Eastern. Wow, that would be a long day. 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. Don't go away. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. 
Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. www.godsword.com is the website for our guest this hour, David Godsword. Uh, he lives in Florida in the shadow of the Lake Worth Muck Monster. And uh, his newest book is Horror Guide to Northern New England. Uh, let's just finish off talking about the Bermuda Triangle, and let's get uh, then we'll talk about your new book. Um, so what's your take on the Bermuda Triangle? Like, you live in Florida. You know, it's just, are, are you on the coast? I am 10 miles inland, which during hurricane season don't seem near enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm down in what they refer to as the poor neighborhoods of Palm Beach. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was I mean, any such thing. We only thing have as... 12 cars, you know. Oh, okay. 12 cars. I'm in the wrong no. business. Okay. 
Yeah, um, yeah, well, so am I. Yeah, all right, I'll keep my eyes open for you. You keep your eyes open for me. Okay, come on, tell me about the Bermuda Triangle and your take on it. Uh, Bermuda Triangle is a project I, I took on. I'm going to I'm going to date myself badly here. Back in the '70s when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and that's where we that's where we came up with this Bermuda Triangle syndrome thing. There's there's three problems I have with Bermuda Triangle. And the first one is one size does not fit all. Right. Um, we had a disappearance two years ago down here. Two kids who were quote unquote raised on the ocean oh, got right. in a boat. I remember that. It I, hit the no, news. Yeah. Yeah. Never found the kids. Never gonna. Boat finally washed up. But that's that's kind of what the problem is with the Bermuda Triangle. They're they're all grouped in there together. Bermuda to Florida is one of the most heavily trafficked sections because everybody can do it. Got casino ships that yep. just go out and back. So there's there's a lot more room for error, and I can guarantee that there are more small airplanes down here than there should be. Usually about five in the morning, but I digress. Um, the, is there something going on in the Bermuda Triangle? I think so, but I don't think every single missing ship and missing plane is necessarily part of it. I think there's some peripheral damage in there as well. You know, you mentioned those two young uh, kids uh, in that boat. Why do you think that was just dropped? Nobody seems to have followed through, asked the questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Well, because there are two kids in a small boat, and the small boat ends up washed up on the shore, so the kids have uh, presumably drowned, and they've been picked up by the current, and they could be anywhere between Miami and Greenland at this point in time, assuming they weren't eaten right off the bat by something. Um, if you go into it with that mindset, mm-hmm. there's nothing to look for. It's an unfortunate accident, and the kids will be found if they're going to be found, but you can't sweep the entire Gulf current all the way up into England in the Scandinavia just because they might be there somewhere. So yeah. that's a mindset issue. But once again, there are ma- a, a, but once again, there are many books now that have been written on the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know how many web pages on the internet about the Bermuda Triangle. And, you know, I've gone through the Bermuda Triangle many times. I've gone scuba diving in the Bermuda Triangle many times. And, you know, just like I go to all these haunted places, I've never seen a ghost. I go to all these UFO hotspots. I never see a UFO. I go to all these places that are supposed to be running wild with Bigfoot. I never see a Bigfoot. I go to the Bermuda Triangle and, eh, nothing happens. Except my wife loses a lot of money on the cruise ship. There is a disappearance. I've, I've saved the fortune. I've started taking the Disney cruises. They don't have a casino. Yeah, but all right. I've only got one thing to say about the <laughs> Disney cruises. Tons of kids. Tons of well, kids. I, I don't want this to sound like a commercial, but Disney does get all the kids, but they also have a dock, a, a separate floor, Deck 5, I believe, that's just for them. And you don't see him until family night, so I I can live that way. Okay, all right. Yeah, you know, give me a cushy seat by the window over by the coffee bar, and 
by the time those kids get there, I will be so wired I can vibrate through the bulkhead and get away from them. <laughs> oh, heavens. I, I do love cruising. My wife and I go on Carnival. We've gone on um, Princess. I love Princess cruises. They're great. And that's what I mean. We've gone right through the Bermuda Triangle many, many, many times. You know, I don't think there's an island in the Caribbean we haven't been to. Yeah, I think we're pretty close yeah. behind you, too. Um, the one thing I have noticed, and someone, someone hopefully in the audience will correct me if I'm wrong, I have never heard of a disappearance or an incident in the Bermuda Triangle, by whatever dimensions you're using, involving a vessel with a satellite navigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which makes, which makes me wonder if it's a, some sort of a, a magnetic issue. It most probably is. There's some, yeah. There's weird stuff down here. I mean, I can walk out of this room right now, and my house is up against a dead zone in a mm -hmm. cell tower situation, and nobody knows it's there because who's here until there's a problem? So, which is why I don't yeah. pace when I walk anymore. I keep losing people around the kitchen. <laughs> no, but you're right about the about the navigational instrumentation. But wasn't there a lot of uh, talk about one of the big passenger ships that was leaving the Bahamas en route to to uh, Miami? And apparently, there are these columns of electromagnetic anomalies that that go through the Bermuda Triangle. And there was a Coast Guard ship behind this well-known vessel, and it just just escapes me the name right now. And even though the Coast Guard could see the ship right in front of them, it wasn't showing on their radar. Uh, that would be electromagnetic yeah. interference, all right. Yeah. So I wonder if... That would exp I, I wouldn't want to be in a ship or a plane in a situation like that. So that may be the answer. There's just some weird under, you know, and then you get into the debate whether it's man-made or it's just an aberration of nature. Mm -hmm. There are spots, there are spots all over the world where magnetic north doesn't work if you're using a compass. Yeah. I don't know of any other place that has electromagnetic pillars or whatever we want to call them. Well, it's funny you should mention that. So, there is another place. It's called the Great Lakes Triangle where there's electromagnetic there anomalies as well. And in the Great Lakes Triangle, true north is not shown as north. There's, there's the agonic north and the true north. So there's another bit of... Listen, before we say goodbye, what? which is in about three and a half minutes, I want to talk to you a little bit about a horror guide to northern New England. Tell us about it. Okay. Well, it's... We're going to show our age here because you're going to say, of course I know what you mean, and nobody else will. Do you remember what a gazetteer looked like? No idea. Oh, thank <laughs> God, somebody else who's not quite as old as me. Back in the old days, before the Internet. I couldn't, I couldn't help wanted... that, you know? <laughs> Okay, focus, Dave. <clears throat> okay. In the old days before the Internet, if you wanted to get to a place, you looked at a map. Mm -hmm. If you want it, or, or an atlas, perhaps. But if you wanted to know if there was a hotel or a gas station or what you could see once you got there, you went to a gazetteer. And it was an alphabetical listing of all towns and how to get to them and what the highlights were in the town. You know, the world's largest ball of twine. Or it has a restaurant with running water. 
you know, whatever the whatever the big draw was in town. Well, this is basically set up the same way. We've got an alphabetical listing of t- each town in, that has a horror-related incident in it. Um, Exeter, New Hampshire, for the, ex- uh, the incident at Exeter. Mm-hmm. Um, Kingston, New Hampshire, where Betty and Barney Hill are buried. Lincoln, New Hampshire, where there is a state historic marker for their initial contact point. These are all just, you know, places in New Hampshire. Mystery Hill and its connections to H.P. Lovecraft. So it's a combination of all these little oddball places mixed in with all these fictional locations. So you can find Castle Rock up in Maine and all the Stephen King stories that use it just as easily as you can find, say, Barry, Vermont, where some of the most spectacular cemetery art can be found. So it's just it's sort of a, a fun way to introduce people to new authors and new stories, new movies, at the same time as it's throwing out some trivia. My wife refers to them as horror trivia books. That's kind of That's cool. That's why I'm on the phone and she isn't. Where are your books available, Dave? My books are available on any major book-selling website, whose name we shall not mention because we don't get a cut. Um, you can get them through my website as well. The, the link there goes to that large internet book-selling website as well. Or you can find us at any one of our various appearances. I don't do a lot down here in Florida because as ops and culture go, we ain't there. But, for instance, my brother, who co-authors some of the horror guys with me, is out every weekend at comic book shows and science fiction conventions and everything else. Hey, Dave, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Do me a favor. Come back again, because I've had, uh, I've had a blast having you on the show. It's been very informative. It's been educational. And uh, it's also been entertaining, and that's what true life is all about. So thanks very much for sharing your time with us. Please come back and visit us again. My pleasure. And just say the word and I'll be there. All right, Dave, take care of yourself and I'll, I'll get together with you the next time the wife and I go down to our home in Florida. All righty. All right. Exo- we're looking for magnetics. Or sea monsters, UFOs, or skunk capes, go. something like that. Exo Nation, our guest this hour has been Dave Goudsword. His website is goudsword.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu.